Hi, I'm Milan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Unreleased track. From my room I see the blue Pacific Ocean. Yes, my hotel has me right beside the shore. Well, today it's San Francisco and tomorrow it's L.A. And I feel as though I've been this way before. Well, my woman helps my feet to keep on walking. But my manager, he stands right outside the door. Yes, there's an up-and-coming superstar and he's getting rave reviews. But there ain't no time for fishing. everyone and welcome to another unreleased track of sir billy joel's collection this one entitled get ready it's quite the departure for billy the name of the song is oyster bay which if memory serves may be in long island yeah we'll have to check that right bring up our globe and look around there to see where this is The obsession with Long Island continues, and perhaps we should be grateful this song never was released. However, it can actually be found on where else but disc one of the Billy Joel My Lives compilation album, the always giving My Lives compilation album. Well, let me introduce the co-host of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, Alan Altman. Thank you, Dave Jeskow. Alan Altman, have you ever heard this song before in your life, before we uh, decided we were going to do and talk about this today? No, I have not. And uh, that's what I like about this My Lives compilation. It gives us the rarities. That's true. Well, I'm going to say I don't hate the song. I don't like the song. I don't hate the song. I don't not like the song, but it is definitely not my favorite song. No, I think the other rarities we've done from this early period, this one's from like, I think he recorded it in 72, maybe 73. The other ones from this era, I liked better than this one. I like most of the song. I don't like the end of the song when all of a sudden it's like these female backup singers singing this outro, which I think is really awful. Yeah, very strange kind of gospely ending, which doesn't match what we know about Billy Joel. And, uh, it's, you know, clearly, I guess that's why it didn't belong on the album or go on the album. And, you know, that gospely voice thing we liked on Ain't No Crime. It actually, like, was okay for us there. We really enjoyed that song. Uh, That's where he did it well. In this case, it's just, maybe it's the words. I don't know. Is it the lyrics? Drinking my wine all day? It's like, is that worthy of an outro? Repeating that 10 times? No, it's not. But let's look at the lyrics as long as, you know, we don't have that much to talk about this song. These lyrics are extremely (laughs) interesting. I wrote them all down today. From my room, I see the blue Pacific Ocean. I mean, this guy cannot help himself but to talk about the ocean. But this time we're hearing about the Pacific Ocean. So it's different already. He's showing (laughs) his range. 
Yes. My hotel has me right beside the shore. Today it's San Francisco. Tomorrow it's L.A. And I feel as though I've been this way before. So, again, nothing new to begin except for the fact that he's on the West Coast. But that's where it gets a little weird. I mean, or or normal as my woman helps my feet to keep on walking. But my manager, he stands right outside the door. This guy loves talking about his management. <laughs> this is already rip. He's talking about, right? I don't. Or is this post rip? This is post rip, but he might be talking about his wife or something. Maybe it's the same person, but he kind of loves talking about his management and the record industry. It's just weird. Yes, there's an up and coming superstar and he's getting rave reviews, but there ain't no time for fishing anymore. Are we supposed to feel bad for him? Yes. He fishing is the greatest thing a guy can do. And he wants to be able to fish and he can't because he's such a big superstar. Which, of course, he's not yet at the writing of this song, but I, I guess he's telling a futuristic story, but it just gets worse. I never thought that things would go this far. I never thought life would be this way. I never thought I'd be a superstar. Oh, Jesus Christ. I wish that I was back in Oyster Bay. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. What that? Why is he so? <laughs> what is the matter with this guy? So he doesn't want stardom. He doesn't. What, what was he thinking was going to happen? You know, it's the conflicted feelings. He's a very talented guy. He wants to have that recognition of being a star, but he also longs for being on his fishing boat. Yeah, I get that. But this song seems to state that he didn't know what he was getting into when he clearly moved out to Los Angeles to have a musical career, or rather the West Coast to have a musical career. So I understand that he wants to be an Oyster Bay, but I don't think what's happening. He's looking out the window at the Pacific Ocean. I overlook a brick wall. I'm not sure what he's complaining about. Oh, you get a sliver of the East River, don't you? I have a sliver of the East River. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's true. Write a song about it. Be like Billy. <laughs> so the song itself is, uh, I, I think I understand why he didn't put it on an album, because it sounds like two other songs that he did put on albums at this time. Like the verses in the song sound like the song, The Great Suburban Showdown, which made it onto Street Life Serenade. And the lyrics in that song are kind of similar. It's about a guy sort of being on the road, longing to go back home to his uh, old life and his family. Um, and then the outro, that faster piano playing, sounds like the song Worst Comes to Worst, which was on Piano Man, which we talked about a little bit in the end wrap up because there was that version called New Mexico. So if you remember that song from the end wrap up, because I know you haven't heard the W song, Worst Comes to Worst, the outro to this he uses in that song from Piano Man. I see. I'll just continue with the lyrics. But there's lots of friendly folks that say good morning, but somehow, you know, I don't believe their smiles. I could be in New, I could be New York City bound where I could be among my friends. But the road back home seems a million miles. I Again, I, I don't know what the issue is here. I, I does he really even have that many friends back home? We've never heard about them before, except for James. I'm not <laughs> well, sure what he wants he, to get home to. Yeah. And I thought some of his other friends were like, we're working for him, like as a road crew and stuff. Yeah, I can see the lights of Hollywood below me, but somehow they just don't move me like they should. I know it's hard to understand, but I would be a fisherman if I only had the chance, you know, I would. I mean, what is it with this guy and fishermen and oceans and stuff? I guess he puts his put his money where his mouth is, and he certainly does live that lifestyle now. He does live like a fish. He certainly looks like one. He's just <laughs> around the clothing he wears, the stuff we saw in the ends wrap up with that where he's you know, on that piano outdoors, he seems like he's dressed like a fisherman in that Instagram video. 
I, yeah, I, we know I, that he owns a lot of boats. Look at this guy. He completely lived both dreams. <laughs> he he lived his Hollywood famous dream, which he must have had at some point, and he lived just being an oyster bay and being a fisherman, and he lives that dream today. It is rather fascinating when you think about it. And he spent more time being that fisherman guy than being a rock star. Yeah. At this point, he did. It's fascinating. It's also fascinating that he was so fed up with L.A. already by like 72 when he wrote this song. You know, like, what was he there for like six months? And already yeah. he was like, ah, oh, this place sucks. Well, he gets it. It's all of us like that. Woody Allen does the exact same bit. And we've known Woody Allen hates L.A. for years. But ironically, when we're looking at this line, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I was back in Oyster Bay taking it easy. Oh, yeah. Right. So in Hannah and her sisters, I remember when I saw this, I remember this line. Woody Allen, he's coming out of the hospital. He goes, "Okay, take it easy. And then he goes, nothing's going to happen to you. You're in the middle of New York City. This is your town. You're surrounded by people and traffic and restaurants. I mean, God, instead of Jesus, how can you how can you just one day vanish? Keep calm. You're going to be okay. Don't panic. It really sounds like the exact lyrics from a guy that's out of place in L.A. who wants to be back in New York of some sort. Yeah, I think it's a common feeling, I guess. I mean, you've kind of spent time out there. Did you ever live out in L.A. completely? Yeah, it's awful. It's the worst time of my life. <laughs> if I was a musician, I would have sang about it, and I might have even written about it. It was the worst time of my life. The time You did I write that one song. Life. Didn't you write that one song, Los Angelinos? Wasn't that you? No, that wasn't me. That was another New York Jew. <laughs> oh, Andrew Dice Clay. Yes, of course. Yes. No, but it is funny. Woody Allen, Billy Joel, these guys that love New York and have proved that they love New York just really can't stand. You know, Woody Allen made one movie in San Francisco called Play It Again, Sam, and never went back again. Although I believe in Blue Jasmine, he, for some reason, filmed in San Francisco. But that was like 40 yeah. years, maybe 50 years later. It always comes back to Woody Allen, doesn't it? Whenever we do these crappy songs, we, <laughs> we have to find something else to talk about. Well, you know how Woody Allen loves fishing. <laughs> for young ladies <laughs> no those are rumors do you feel like this song sounds like other things you've heard is it just that it sounds like the early 70s i don't know you know all this unreleased stuff or maybe all the stuff that's on piano man and i, I still think there's a whole bunch of stuff i might have not heard or don't remember all of piano man so far sounds like show tunes to me all of this it. feels like a show tune almost there's certain bits and pieces of this or some of the other ones we heard. What, what was the one you said that had the gospel in it? Ain't no crime. That feels very show tuney. This album, Piano Man, seems I mean, Piano Man is uh, could be a show tune in many ways, even though it's also an anthem at the same time, which, of course, makes him completely the kind of diverse artist that he is. But, yeah, I feel like this whole album might be. Well, well, this was, I believe, recorded in 1973. So this is definitely the Piano Man era. And I do believe that there is a lot of show tuny stuff to it. Yeah, I guess it was just like he hadn't really solidified himself as a rock star. Not that he ever really did. He always was between different genres. But I think until Captain Jack hit, he might have been trying to go in this direction. Have you ever heard the song Sour Sweet by the Guess Who? No, or maybe like I have and I just don't recognize the title. It was like a minor hit for them. Not not big like American Woman or uh, what, No Sugar Tonight, No Time and These Eyes. But Sour Sweet came out in 71. 
And this song reminds me of that kind of similar kind of thing about being on the road and being depressed. And it also has some of, I don't know, the melody is kind of similar to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hearing things. But when I heard this song, I thought it sounds really familiar to me. And I don't know if it was those other Billy Joel songs I mentioned or if it was this Guess Who song. Whatever happened to images, because now they're gone. Well, the problem is, Alon, is that we are bombarded by artists who hate going on the road. I mean, I don't think there's been any musician that's ever not recorded a road song. I I remember once this is so ridiculous barry manilow when he was the hottest thing in the world he had like a television special you know they they used to give artists one hour specials on abc you know olivia newton john john denver and that's how they would do things back then you know the 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 more standard ones not the 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 scary ones like even though kiss should have gotten one you know they wouldn't they got other kind they were on the paul lynn halloween special that was much more important which yeah that's way bigger a miracle. Anyway, so I'll never forget Barry Manilow had his like first special, and he was just you know that Barry Manilow live album is the, the most amazing album ever, and he had one and it was really good. And then he had a second one. I I only remember it. I can remember it as seeing it as a kid. I remember reading about it the TV guide of how he wanted to make it more intimate because he was really upset with all the pomp and circumstance of, I guess, the last one or live performances, and he wanted to get more intimate the audience. And I'll never forget the show opened with him playing a few songs at the piano, which was nice. And then they have this part where he's walking away. He goes, all right, let's start the show. Lights, camera, action, whatever. And he's walking away and he's so upset that now it's going to get fun and we're all going to have a good time. I'll never forget. He was so upset. And that's the way I feel about this song. He's pulling the Barry Metal. And I remember as a child thinking, what the hell is this guy so upset about? He's got a television special. He's got all these fans. Why don't you relax? You don't, you don't think Barry Manilow was just pretending to be upset? No, I don't. And I don't think any of these guys are pretending to be upset. I think they actually are upset once they actually hit the pay dirt. It's just such a a running theme in these bands, you know, about that journey song. They say that the road is no place to start a family. You know, it's, uh, I'm doing it like Michael <laughs> McDonald, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's just all these songs. Where I, and, and we know we're right. We're comics, right? So we, we don't play the road as much as some of the other comedians do that are road warriors, like in a tell David Teller, people like that. But we understand how the road is lonely and sad. And, you know, you are away from family, but, it seems more festive when you're with a band and you get to play. It seems like music is much better than just doing comedy, which is which is sad. <laughs> well, with music, at least you don't have to wait to hear laughter. Like there's never silence. You can just play your song louder and you don't even know if the crowd likes it or not. Yeah, you're always going to have a good show. You're surrounded by the music that at least you think is good. You've got people showed up, so you have to assume they like it. Yeah, unless you have to play Piano Man every single night for these people. Well, at this point, he had just come up with Piano Man. So again, I don't know what, you know, you don't, it's just come out like what and, and who knows if it even came out then he's this right. still upset about oh, now. Now I got to go tour. 
Isn't that what we always dreamed of? He's just too young to have this kind of attitude already. At this point in time, he was like, oh, I got to play Falling of the Rain again. <laughs> right. <laughs> they keep uh, asking for Falling of the Rain. <laughs> no one wants to hear Nocturne. <laughs> well, it is very much like comedy where, you know, I've said multiple times in the old days, a, you'd, a, you'd go to see a comic do the hits. And nowadays, you know, people are like, oh, they've already done that on HBO, so I can't do that anymore. And I'm like, but I want to hear that bit again. I don't know. I guess that's just me being in my ways or whatever. <laughs> Old Dave stuck in his ways. I guess. I don't know. I still want to hear people comedy bits that I liked and I've heard before. I, I like to see them live. I, I don't know why that isn't a thing anymore. Well, it's just like with music. Like if if uh, comedians newer stuff just isn't as good as their classic stuff, then you'd rather sort of hear the classics. Just like oh. if Billy Joel put out some new album that kind of stunk, you'd be like, all right, that's great. But let's hear the stuff we like. I would like a mix. Yeah. The problem with comedy, though, is like it kind of has to sometimes the themes of the newer stuff have to go together. You can't really do the old stuff. It might be totally different than what they're doing now with musicians. You can kind of go from song to song. The whole concert doesn't have to really flow together. That's a good point. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? So we're doing trivia. We always do trivia. Okay, well, I wasn't positive, positive. Are you ready for this? Because this is ridiculous, but it's fun. Okay. Now, I don't know whether you know this, Alon, but Billy Joel grew up in Oyster Bay, Long Island. (laughs) What? No way. Yeah, no, I swear to God. His family lived in Oyster Bay. He spent his formative years in Oyster Bay. He sings about Oyster Bay. His quote, happy place is said to be Oyster Bay. He was angry when he married Christy Brinkley because he had to move from Oyster Bay. He now lives in a mansion at 502 Center Island Road in Oyster Bay. Where did he go to high school? Hicksville High. That's right. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that the (laughs) stupidest thing you've ever heard? How is he not at Oyster Bay High School, which was there since 1920-something? Okay, so you looked it up. There is. Explain that to me, Alon. Oyster Bay, Oyster Bay, Oyster Bay. Uh, Where'd you go to school? Hicksville High. They had a really good science and math program. Shut up. Their robotics (laughs) team was one of the best in the country. Your robotics team is the best. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, (laughs) That's weird, right? Well, I think it's all about where you live, right? I mean, technically, he lived in Hicksville. I guess Oyster Bay is what, like, what did you just say? What did you just say? He lived in Hicksville. What? Hicksville? So we've been duped all this time? (laughs) Excuse me? My trick ear must have been going off. What do you mean he lived in Hicksville? You've been just out. It's just like the song Allentown. Remember, he was going to say, write it about Levittown. And then he was like, no one wants to hear about Levittown. I'm going to write about Allentown. So same thing. No one wants to hear about Hicksville or Levittown. Oyster Bay. That sounds pretty cool. You know, I was about to say nobody wants to hear about Oyster Bay, but you're right. It is an interesting word choice. Oyster Bay is fun to say, and it's an interesting town to live in. God damn it. (laughs) And you just rhymed it just like a song without even thinking about it. Oyster Bay is fun to say. Oh, you're right. Hicksville (laughs) High. How dare he? Do you know who any of the famous alumni are from Oyster Bay High? Yeah. There's two really terrific people. Jackie Martling, the worst 
comic of all time, and Heather Matarazzo, whom you might know from the Princess Diaries trilogy, who I've seen uh, actually sing at uh, Marie's Crisis. She's actually pretty good. But that that's it. Oyster Bay High School stinks. Maybe that's why he went to Hicksville High. Yeah, Hicksville High has way better alumni, such as Billy Joel. Right. <laughs> Wait. Hicksville High, it has the Long Island medium. I don't know if you know her. Teresa Caputo, I hear about her on Howard Stern all the time. And Lorraine Bracco. I know there are women like my best friends who would have gotten out of there the minute their boyfriend gave them a gun to hide. But I didn't. I got to admit the truth. It turned me on. Oh, there you go. That's huge. But it has Billy Joel. That's all you need. Heather Matarazzo. You know the other movie she was in? This is off the top of my head. Hostel 2. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What's your trivia question? Let's get out of this immediately. <laughs> All right. S- since he brings up fishing in this song, my trivia question is what lead singer of a huge British rock band owns a trout fishery in England? Fee Waybill. Wrong. Is he even British? I don't know who he is. Who is he? Oh, he's the lead singer of the tubes. <laughs> I said a huge British rock band, the tubes. I don't know. It's, uh, they have a song called Sushi, so that's what I thought it was. <laughs> oh. Good call. Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins. No. I'll give you a, a hint. Wait, he owns a fish market? I wasn't paying attention. He owns a trout fishery, like a giant piece of land that has like lakes and rivers that you could right. fish for trout in. Alrighty, that's just stupid. But um, who would be annoying enough to have something like Rod Stewart? Oh, you're close. Same letter for the first name. Ron Wood. Ron, no, Ron, the other guy from the Stones. Nope. No, that wouldn't make any sense. I mean, how high do you have to be to get? Well, that would make sense, I guess. Oh, so hard. Uh, <laughs> He would have drowned in the trout fishery. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So he's he's an older guy, so he's not from my generation. Dave Juskow. <laughs> I don't think I ever bought a trout fishery. <laughs> that was the hint. He's not from oh. my generation. Oh, so it's one of the who. It's not. Oh, it's Roger Daltrey. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. And I'm like, why would he? That doesn't make any sense. He just doesn't seem like that type of guy. I. I thought about that first and I'm like, that's just stupid. That's not the answer. No, he loves fishing. And way back in like the early 70s, he bought a huge piece of land that he farmed. And then in 1981, he built this trout fishery and he lets people go there and they can fish on this really beautiful piece of land. And it's been featured in magazines. People say it's one of the best places to go fishing. Yeah, I don't trust any rock stars that own those kind of places. (laughs) What's he trying to hide? Yeah, they're up to something suspicious. Uh, well, fortunately, we have no other songs coming up with the name Oyster Bay in it. You are way wrong. I know. <laughs> just, all I keep thinking, in a town known as Oyster Bay. I'm like, oh, my God. In a town known as Hicksville, Long Island. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have worked. Nope. You know, I went to Hicksville High. That's Nicolas Cage saying he went to Hicksville High. I don't know why I said it like that. I love how you merge your two things together. Like, well, you know what do, happened? What if Nicolas Cage went to Hicksville High? I can actually tell you my thought process on that. It's really weird. Uh, Nicolas Cage was in the, this movie called Valley Girl. And the girl goes, what high school do you go to? He goes, 
Hollywood High. And it reminded <laughs> me of Hicksville High because there's two H's and it's stupid. Sorry. All right. Sorry, everybody. Good night. Alon, drive me yeah. off this picture. Well, folks, that was Oyster Bay. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Should Billy have been singing about Hicksville all these years? Clearly. Did Billy have a lot of nerve complaining about being a star? Does he talk about his manager too much? And are you sick of Billy Joel singing about bodies of water? Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel A to Z.